everyone, and welcome to the Fan Fiction Tapes podcast. Uh, I am Dylan, and I'm your host for today. And with me, I have... Wolf. And I'm our producer, Ian. And today, our topic of discussion is a classic trope uh, that has been popularized in the current day. We're discussing portal fantasy and isekais. So, of course, the thing that we have to establish is what is a portal fantasy? What makes an isekai? Uh, so, Wolf, want to start us off? What, for you, is a, a portal fantasy? Oh, God, you want me to go first? Ugh. <laughs> so, <laughs> for me, portal fantasy is... I, I mean, Portal Fantasy and Isekai for me are both the same thing. I would say they are the same genre, but the select differences I feel between the two would be Portal Fantasy generally is the characters find a way into their other world, right? Their magical world, either through, you know, uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you know, the Chronicles of Narnia, the Wardrobe, or Wizard of Oz, the Tornado. <laughs> <laughs> and things, or, you know, uh, something more relevant to people, the Owl House, the door, you know, that's Portal Fantasy, right? And one of the other key aspects I would say of Portal Fantasy is that at some point in the Portal Fantasy, the character is going to want to get back to the, to, you know, their original world, the, you know, the world they came from, Right. They're going to want to go back. They're going to want to get out of the fantasy world and go back for whatever the reason might be. Either they just don't like it or they've had a change of heart or, you know, they've had their character growth and it's time to go back. Whatever the reason is, they're going to want to go back at some point. <clears throat> for Isekai, right, the thing there is generally the character doesn't get there from through finding a portal or a way to the other world. They have to die to get there. And the second thing is more often than not, they're not going to go back to their original world. They don't want to go back. They like the new world way better. And generally, more often than not, their life is a lot better in the new world as well. That's my take, personally, on like the differences between Isekai and Proto Fantasy, at least from a general standpoint, right? Not getting into any literary things as of yet. Yeah. When I think about most, or some of the most popular Isekai what I believe is like their way of going about it is usually either someone dies or just something happens and then they're in a new world. Portal Fantasy, we are right, it's usually they fall into it or there's something that the character does. I usually feel like there's no change in their state and they're not like a new person usually. It's usually... Okay, I was here, and now I'm here, and there's also, like, the portal element. Like, I don't feel like in Isekai's we see a physical thing that moves people between realms, whatever. It's just, you were here, and now you're here. <laughs> there's a few that have done the portal element, you know, as far as Isekai goes, but I would say that's that's more of a rarity. That's not the default, right? And I would also say, like, a lot of that, a lot of the reason for that, I think, right, is because of the differences in what they're both, in what both types of storytelling are trying to accomplish, right? Yeah. For Portal Fantasy, which 
generally, especially Portal Fantasy with a more Western focus, right? The goal is to teach a lesson or some moral guide, you know, some moral quandaries, blah, 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 in regards to escapism more often than not. <clears throat> For Isekai, it's, it's about the escapism, but it's, you know, you're not trying to like, oh, escapism, bad, you know, it's, it's basically, nah, life shit. <laughs> Forgive my language. I don't know if we're allowed to curse on this podcast. No one told me. <laughs> uh, we're good. We're good. All right. We're good. All right. Cool. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and before something random bleeped to make me seem like an awful, horrible person. Cool. <laughs> no, but yeah, like for Isekai, it's, it's about the escapism, right? It's about, you know, just getting away from a horrible life and coming into this new life, which is generally speaking way better it's about the escapism the power fantasy just being able to enjoy that and have something better for yourself and, in death and also usually it is sort of a second chance you know i <laughs> up sorry uh but i've messed up my first life one. yeah i messed up my first life and in my second life i can do things better you know either be a better person get to do things i didn't get to do the first time around and that's the way uh I generally see isekais. Usually, when we look at like our uh, Western portal fantasies, usually there's not like that. Oh, this it's more exploring the world than w how this new world affects the character. I like. I disagree we, with that. It depends on what we perceive. Like, if we look at Narnia example which is you know a lot of books but if we just look at the line of which of the wardrobe it is this unique world with all this you know sort of unique mythology politics and we do see like the characters sort of change a little bit but i don't think it's like the characters are like oh we're in this new world and this world is like changing me and I know it. It's more of like, they're just on an adventure. <laughs> it feels like. I personally still disagree with you on that. You know, especially looking at the Chronicles of Narnia, the Chronicles of Narnia, or the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe specifically. Right. I would argue Portal Fantasy tends to be more character driven and focused, especially because the Portal Fantasy is usually there, like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, to teach the characters who go through the portal about why the world or life they originally came from isn't quite so bad, right? Or to help them grow, at, you know, into more of an adult, right? Quote, unquote. And where Isekai isn't really there to explore the character as much necessarily. Some of them do, don't get me wrong. But in a general sense, Isekai tends to explore more of the world, but it doesn't explore the world from the character's viewpoints. Whereas Portal Fantasy, I would argue tends to explore the world from the characters' viewpoints, right? And helps the characters grow through that magical world so they can then come back to their original world and be, you know, quote-unquote better. Isekai, you don't do that. You don't go back to the original world and be better, generally. There are a few that do this, but they are the exception, mm. not the rule, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, before we move on to the next point... Uh, should we just mention like a few other types of isekai portal fantasy type things like, uh, sort of, uh, the RPG isekai? 
as yeah, well as there's digital. <laughs> yeah, we describe like a digital sky where the person can still like it is more in the polar fantasy style where it's like they can go between two, but it's in a virtual world. Think you know, Spy Kids. <laughs> Spy Kids, Spy Kids is one. Yeah. Um, for uh, Isakai, you can look at uh, Bofuri or I Don't Want to Get Hurt, so I'll max out my defense. <laughs> I believe that's the title. It's a long title. Anyways, uh, there's also Sword Art Online is a really popular one. And there used to be a Sean Cartoon Network. I think that was very similar to that, like years ago. Are, are you thinking of uh, .hack? Might be. I think that was, I mean, that's technically an anime but yeah that works but, <laughs> but I, I think i went to or, the time wolf <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean dot hack aired on cartoon network uh if you're thinking western animation oh geez i yeah uh, now i'm drawing a blank too too far back not, in the mists of no. time and the other one i want to talk about is uh they also reverse this okay where we bring someone from another world into ours. Yes. How... Uh, Recreators, yep. I believe, is an yes. extremely popular one. If you've not watched it, go watch it. It's one of the few good ones. <laughs> that is, uh, I'll point with you until later. <laughs> but yeah, obviously, with Eskai, there are many types of ways to go about it. Obviously, it's not limited to a person that's teleported into fantasy world or whatever. We have digital worlds which could be fancy could be sci-fi could be space you know you it's a, a trope or like a sort of a genre that you can do a lot with and we'll get onto it later but there's something i want to talk about with that uh let's describe how our main characters in this guy usually are so how do you feel about the trope of sort of the main character is Better than the people right there, or is special, or has a unique ability. I, I, how I've does watched, that resonate with you? <laughs> I've watched so much. I've watched a lot of Isekai, right? A lot. Many of them not great. Mostly because I love fantasy and enjoy fantasy in a general sense, and a lot of them tend to be fantasy. Not always, but more often than not. And again, they are fantasy because that's kind of that helps with the trope of hey, they come here and they be a lot smarter because modern knowledge and stuff, and they just make it all better. For the most part, I have no issue with it. Really, I'm kind of fine with it. Like it's just one of those things you expect from the genre. You, you can, I'm sure, you can have a lot of discussion on is this offensive or not? Is this nationalism or not? <laughs> I'm not equipped to have that conversation personally, but I can say at the very least, I've never found it like offensive or standoffish to a point that, okay, this is a problem, right? Generally speaking, if it's that bad, it tends to be, if the show is, if I do have problems with the show, it's bad for other reasons. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel, though, has there ever been a main character where you got, like, I don't want to say upset, but just went, come on. Like, what What do you mean? Like, upset and how? Like, that? Like, it's sort of, 
like the story was going a certain way and you were excited and then they gave them like a weird power or something and you were just like, huh. Or hmm. has there been one? <laughs> I'm basically asking, have you ever had your hopes dashed <laughs> by a main character? Um. Hmm. I wouldn't, I would say no, mm-hmm. not really. So we just yeah, felt I, good on that front. Yeah, I, yes. Unfortunately for that topic, I can't really say too much on because for the most part, I would say like generally speaking, when it comes to the main characters for Isekai, most of them, the way they start is more or less like I've not had any of them truly surprise me, right? I would say the only one that's really surprised me in where the character started and where they ended up at by the end of the season or what have you would be ReZero to a degree and, you know, um, Jobless Reincarnation or Mushiko Tensei. Mm-hmm. Those would be the two that surprised me the most in what I expected and what it ended up being. Yeah, why don't we talk about those uh, as they are sort of the two sort of, they are the two uh, stories, you know. They've set the bar, right? Like, I think yeah, as far as Isekai goes, they've set the bar. Yeah, they did this, like, new generation of Isekai. They were the ones at the start in that sort of early 2010s. They gave life into this genre. And surprisingly, they are a bit more unconventional than what you would think of of your normal isekai, though. Generally, the stereotypes of an isekai, whether they're true or not, they're stereotypes for a reason, is super overpower main character who gets everything he wants and all this. And or gen- Yes. And generally... I don't want to say that the Rudy and Subaru are both failures, but damn, they're failures a lot of the time. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure that ReZero makes it very explicit that, that Subaru is uh, an absolute loser. <laughs> but it's in a sense that you think of your the trope of an isekai character, an isekai main character. And they don't really fit that trope, though. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you think uh, those two stories and what they did? How do you what do you think was taken away from those stories, uh, for better and for worse? Of you know the Iskais have come in the ten, eleven years since. Uh, let me see one thing. I just want to see some dates here, real quick. I believe they were both around twenty twelve. So yeah, all right. So how do I think they've changed the genre since? If even at all, or if you just think they popularized oh. different things? I mean, in a general sense, I don't think the genre has changed too much. But it, it's worth noting, right? Like ReZero, anime-wise, came out in 2016, right? I think... Yes. Uh, uh, what came out first? The novel series? Yeah, that was 2012, looking at it. Was there 2012 as well? And then the Shoko anime was like two or three years ago. Yeah, it was very recent for the anime. The novel apparently came out 2012 as well. It's interesting to note, right? Because a lot of your 
a lot of your isekai that kind of tried to flip the genre on its head a little bit, like Mushiko Tensei and ReZero, kind of all started in that 2012 range. Even, you know, because I was going to say, I feel like, you know, anime that have come out since ReZero and Mushiko Tensei have, you know, taken somewhat of the idea of like, oh, let's not start our character off as the super strong, right? Like, let's make them work for it. Let's give them some losses here. Like, say, Shield Hero, for example, The Rising of the Shield Hero. But actually, that one started at the same time, too, so I can't say that. But a lot of them came from that. What I will say, Rising of the Shield Hero did change up the industry a little bit. Because it made us ask the question, is slavery okay? (laughs) And a lot of isekai are still going through that and still asking that question right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is it okay <laughs> we don't know yet we're still no. we're still we're still you know we're still well we don't know yet we've not come to that conclusion yet we're i know still it's on it. isekai <laughs> but i think vinland saga answered that and it, eh, it's not <laughs> i don't you know, isekai though we're still asking that question because <laughs> we recently had black summoner that title take from it what you will <laughs> but uh yeah like it also asked the question is slavery okay because rising the shield hero started it but anyways yeah i think I don't think we've seen exactly yet. I don't think we've gotten far enough away from when they've released just yet mm-hmm. to see exactly how ReZero or Mushiko Tensei are going to truly change up the, the genre as far as Izakai is concerned. We're seeing a little bit of it, I think. But I think in a general sense, you're still seeing enough Izakai come out where it's just, hey, the character's overpowered and we move on. You know, we, we've not seen anywhere the character isn't, you know, put on the back foot almost constantly, or the character has to work for it, right? Or they have mm-hmm. the losses, right? Like, you've seen, at the very least, a little bit more of the, hey, let's show the character being built up a bit more, right? And getting into, you know, their power. Hmm. What I would say, though, do you think if popularized the genre more that more isekai were made post these stories being created than before uh let me see the date for one other thing (laughs) yeah i'm gonna argue that (laughs) i would say uh re-zero might have a little bit uh when did its anime come out 2016 2016 yeah i I think by that time, there are already anime coming out that were more popular in the isekai genre, right? Mm-hmm. And I- I'm going to say that I don't think they've made it more popular. I think they made it more broad. They showed the appeal more and what you could more do with it. And I think because of that, in a general sense, you've seen more isekai come out. Yes, or or more people are dipping their toes in the water, but I don't think that they made it any more popular than it already was, right? I think they just, you know, they added to it, but I don't think they, like, I don't think they set the, they definitely set the standard, I suppose you could say, but they didn't set, like, okay, here's the, you know, boom in popularity at this point in time. I think there's Mm -hmm. just too many more, too many already coming out before then and after the fact, really. So, yeah, we'll bring on to an interesting discussion later then. So, 
now let's talk about these common tropes that we find often, or the ones that people believe in there. So, Wolf, which one would you like to talk about first? Uh, hmm. I mean, we can talk about everyone's favorite. Mm-hmm. The character probably with the highest body count in any fantasy in any genre of any type ever. <laughs> Thanos is jealous of this guy. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, this guy only ever targets Japanese kids mostly, so I don't think he has too much to worry about. Sometimes he hits middle-aged men. <laughs> Sometimes, but most of the time it's Japanese kids. And at you know, at the very least, he's not, you know, only targeting males. He's targeting females too. There you know? was a uh there was a series uh done by uh Stephen Moffat, a formerly a Doctor Who writer. Mm-hmm. And it's like this woman is backing out of a house after she accidentally stabbed a woman. She just get gets hit by a truck. There. He's in he's in Britain. We know it, Wolf. <laughs> I mean, he's anywhere he needs to be at any given time because... <laughs> when, you know, when the plot demands it. <laughs> we are, of course, talking about the one, the only, Truck-kun. Yes, Truck. The, a truck that kills indiscriminately all people. All in Japan, though. And maybe Britain, we're not sure. Don't think we've seen him in the U.S. yet, at least. So, what I was surprised to learn, or that I've seen constantly directed to me, is that Mashoku Tensei was the one that popularized this. Is it? I don't Apparently, feel it is. Apparently, the popular, like, people have done it before. But the popularization of a truck or a vehicle of some kind, specifically a truck, is apparently a Mashoku Tensei popularization. Hmm. Did not know that. Because, Apparently, that is the claim. I mean, I mean, fair enough. I can understand why, because it's, generally speaking, one of the more popular isekai, one of the more broad appeal isekais. So I can see why that's where it came popular from, but it's definitely been done before. And you can also see that there's definitely people who have said, hey, let's not do a truck. And the other popular form of this, uh, of, you know, how do we murder this person to get them into the other world is just random crazy dude running down the street with a knife just held out, you know, for those... (laughs) who have seen reincarnated as a slime, dude's literally just walking down the street with his co-workers and just crazy guy comes running out, knife held in hand, pointed forward, and just accidentally stabs him. And, like, that's how that person... Like, we don't have truck-coon there. We just have random knife guy. And that's also a meme at this point. Knife pervert. <laughs> Not even pervert. Just random knife guy. It's a New Japan reference. You wouldn't care. I mean, eh. But anyways, yeah, it, it's <laughs> it, it's that's the other version of this at this point because I've seen it quite a few times now where a random person gets stabbed by knife. You don't know how nervous I was seeing Subaru walk out of that like little market and being right on the edge of the street. I was like, "Where's the truck?" And I was pleasantly surprised when he just randomly teleported no, there. Genuinely, that one shocked me as well yeah. <laughs> because I expected either a truck or all right, he's gonna get stabbed. You're at a grocery store. You're yeah. buying stuff. You're going to get stabbed by someone. Someone's but, going to need rescue, and you're going to run over, and you're going to get stabbed. That's what's going to happen. But no, wait, that is, doesn't happen. Um, okay, bright light, <clears throat> clear, image clears, fantasy world. Like that one genuinely shocked me. Like I think that's the first isekai, quote unquote, that I can say 
technically that's portal fantasy how you got there i don't know how you did it but that's technically yeah. portal fantasy that's the yeah. closest i've seen so far re-zero for all it's considered a um a cornerstone of the isekai genre has a lot more hallmarks in common with portal fantasy as we defined it mm-hmm. earlier than it does with a lot of other isekai true like honestly if there's anything that i hope gets taken from re-zero it's like hey use more portal fantasy tropes within isekai i'm interested in it because i've seen a few isekai that have done a little bit of that um one that came out recently what is it it's uh i believe the the name of the show is i have to make you know making a thousand gold in another world something like that let me see if i can Mm -hmm. find the name of it you can tell i prepared for this extremely well we all do this is also a thing with just his kai titles in general. I know Japan has, you know, the story titles, but Isekai especially have the wildest titles. <laughs> oh, yeah, like there's <laughs> there's no yeah, saving eighty thousand gold in another world for my retirement. <laughs> That's the full name of the anime. I honestly recommend this one because this one I found unique for an Isekai in so much as the character, one, doesn't die, but two, her entire goal, like, she can transport herself, other things, as well as other people from the original world or real world to the isekai world. Like, she can just hop back and forth, right? And mm-hmm. I find that super fascinating because that is a rarity as far as isekai is concerned, Right rarely do you see one connections back to the original world but two the character being able to go back and forth between like you can in portal fantasy yeah if we do look at the two big ones mushoku doesn't directly have the character go back or not yet from what i've uh consumed of the product but it's more the lasting memories of his previous life have a bigger effect on rudy Mm -hmm. than most other isekai characters and we do have the same with uh subaru but he actually gets a chance to go to you know a manifestation of his past and you know experience that Mm -hmm. but also does still have the lingering effects of (laughs) being a failure in uh the original world and yes yeah, and that's pretty good on how in Isekai we see the character go back and forth or go to. Do you think Tracoon will be, you know, become less popular over time? Or, or do you think his rise, his stock is just going to keep on rising? Invest in Tracoon. Oh, Tracoon? Yeah. Uh, I think you're already starting to see a move away from that, right? You're already starting to see, like, you know random knife guy and you're even starting to see like i've seen another one that came out recently this year um that you know the characters just die the character just died of old age and this one uh i think it's uh it's not necessarily isekai i think it's called tensei your boy kong ming mm-hmm. highly recommend this show very mm-hmm. slept on in the uh season it came i've out, heard which good was, things about that one it's it's basically the premise of the show, right, is Zhuge Liang dies in the past, is reincarnated in the future in uh, Japan, 
and that's it. And basically says, oh, wow, I love this person singing. I'm going to make them popular. And that's the show. Uh, there's also uh, one, uh, spoilers, but one of the two deaths in Oshinoko is a long-term illness. So perhaps we're going to see, you know, because reincarnation, while it's not isekai, they're closely associated. Uh, no, I associated. think for Oshinoko and for My Star and for your boy Kong Ming, they're considered tensei anime, anime I believe, is the subgenre. Mm -hmm. Don't quote me. I'm not like super subgenre savvy when it comes to my anime, yeah. I will admit. I think tensei is like reincarnation. I think, so. you know, another instance of the characters dying to get to the... Uh, other world, but in a very unique way is, I believe, so I'm a spider, so what, just have the characters essentially get nuked? <laughs> I kind of, I kind of, I shit you not, that's what happens. It, it's not like, you know, an actual nuke, it's like, you know, hey, a god decided, you know, here's, here's my one, this school in particular, and all the kids were basically killed in a, you know, heavenly explosion. <laughs> I don't know how other, what other way to describe it other than that. So, yeah, I think we're starting to see the move away from Truckoon. I think you're never going to fully move away from it. It's too much of a meme not to, right? Hmm. And it's too recognizable not to. People always enjoy it, I think, because it's always ridiculous and funny. But, yeah, I, I think we're starting to at least see, to some degree, a move away from it. I, you know, another, like something that's becoming more and more popular is the overwork genre of isekai where the characters literally just worked themselves to death and they end up in another world and this is their second chance to japan hey. made that a trope <laughs> yes they shocked. did <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's actually a thing i've seen more than one isekai where the character just oh man i'm so tired i've been working so long let me just go to sleep and then just wakes mm. up I yeah. died. Oh no! <laughs> so uh, let's move on to dark the next one. And <laughs> the you next, think about it. The next two, which I think kind of group together, which are harem plots and oversexualization. Do you find that this happens more often in isekai than other genres of anime you watch? As I mean, anime? no, because you know? harem anime is a thing that exists. So definitely, yeah. Not. But do you find it cl often closely, uh, closely? associated as a sort of subgenre in isekai stories. I mean yeah, I would say like there's definitely a subgenre for harem harem anime in for harem isekai, right? Like it's definitely yeah. a thing you can see again, it goes along with the escapism and the power fantasy, especially if the target audience is mostly males, which for a lot of isekai it is, but there is the reverse where you see <clears throat> the female harem um uh, yeah, my next life as a villainess, all routes lead to doom. That's definitely the reverse, where it's a female and she gets the harem, and a lot of it is female characters, which, hey, I'm great with that. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, Give I me, never, you know. like, of course I don't like the classical idea of a harem. Like, I think they're pretty trash. But I think as long as it's the dynamic of however many people involved is good, and interesting i don't have a problem with it agreed in terms of like if it's written well it's written well it doesn't matter what the trope is i would agree with that i i, I yeah. think yeah it's it's one of those things of 
it doesn't bother me. It's just, you know, more often than not, I'll just kind of, all right, all right. yeah, sure, we're doing that. I, you know, hopefully I enjoy the characters. If not, hopefully there's something more there to enjoy. More often than not, there's not, though. <laughs> but that's a different discussion you can have with Isekai in general, though. But we'll get there, maybe. Hmm. But talking about oversexualization. Yeah, that's not a thing you write well. That's just that's just a thing you have to unfortunately put it, up with. It's with certain, either they or not, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, uh. yeah, it's it's one of those things that you know. Unfortunately, when it comes to anime, especially certain types of anime, and a lot of it, unfortunately, that's just one of those things you have to accept. That yeah, that's going to be there. That's the fan service. It's going to be there. At the very least, I think we're getting into a point where you're more general anime is starting to do that less or they're trying to hide it quote unquote more by you know obfuscating it i i would say like you know oh you know here's your fan service but it's done in a very specific type of way and you have to really look for it we're starting to do more of that or we're starting to do the thing of like yeah you can tell this is fan service but if you if you're not genre savvy you wouldn't notice it right because of like oh we're going to do very particular types of camera shots not just like Oh, hey, here's your upskirt shot. No, like we're doing the camera in a very particular way, right? And yes, that's unfortunately upskirt shot. That's a thing. That's, you know, mm-hmm. hate that that's a thing, but it is a thing for anime. But yeah, like they're they're starting to get more classy, quote unquote. <laughs> that feels wrong the, to say. The high tier, you know, <laughs> pinky out fan service. Yeah, yeah. Like they're starting to do more of that, I would say, right? And it's getting harder to notice that they're doing it, in my opinion. Or I would just become, like, numb to Jaded. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's, like, it doesn't phase me as much as it used to, unless they're blatant, blatant about it. I think it also helps... you, high school prodigies in another world. It also helps that some of the most popular anime that have crossed over to the West typically don't have as much of that hypersexualization fan service. Like, no, because that's not a thing that's appreciated as much over here. Yeah. Especially, you know, North America. Europe, we'd probably be like, huh. <laughs> America, like, burn it down, <laughs> ship it back. <laughs> Although that's becoming less of a thing over here, too, though. As well. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're mean, becoming to, we're beginning to get a little bit less prudish. You're entering the 2000s of the Europeans. Good job. <laughs> we're getting there. We're catching up eventually. Yeah, but someday we may be a civilized people. <laughs> How <laughs> do you today. feel about sort of shameless hypersexualization? Ones where it's like, that's just a thing here. And like, like I'm talking about like character design here. Like, hmm. how do you feel about sort of those hypersexualized character d- designs? The, like the really skimpy stuff or the... Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh... Like, why is that what you're wearing? We sometimes get that in, like, you know, like, we get that in anime, of course. Like, if you look at, like, Yaoi Rose's costume in <laughs> My oh, Hero, yeah. as much as, you know, you can claim it's for a quirk. We all know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the, the worst I've seen it, right? And it's honestly an anime that I have talked about before with many different people, and I kind of recommend it. Not because it's good, mind. And I I think, right, there's a conversation you can have here in a general sense of majority of isekai you watch, right? 
they're not very great. They're not good. They're not bad. They're just bland. You know, we can talk more about that a little bit later, but I kind of love shit when it's just, this is excessively bad, right? <laughs> this is offensively bad. Yeah, because at, at least Samurai Cop, The Room. Or, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Two. Or just what I'm about <laughs> to recommend. Um, high school prodigies have it easy even in another world. This is a bad isekai. Don't get me wrong here, right? I'm not going to recommend this show, but I kind of do recommend it because I loved how... Actually, you know what? You asked me earlier if there's any that genuinely disappointed me. This is one that... I, I'm going to do the reverse. It didn't disappoint me. It made me more interested in the show for how it changed up one of its main characters because it's totally out of left field. There is no lead up to it. It genuinely just shocked me to find out that this apparent supposed one high school girl does not look like a high school girl who's a like accomplished, already you know, licensed and has multiple PhDs doctor who can do brain surgery like genuinely in this show for whatever reason. She's just that good, that smart. Anyways, all from Japan, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's not forget that part. I believe. I could be mistaken. Maybe they actually did a little bit of a nice thing and said they were from different parts of the world. I don't remember. I don't care enough to remember. Turns out, she's just a psychopath. Later in the show, you have to watch nine fucking episodes in order to get to that point. She's just a psychopath who just can, you know, with a little bit of brain surgery, rewire people's brains to make them behave and act the way she wants. And she just does that shit. And you find out she's done that shit in the real world because, like, oh, hey, she gets off on it, apparently. It's fucking insane. I kind of loved it. You have to go through a lot of trash and a lot of fan servicey trash to get to that point. <laughs> But it kind of made me fall in love with that show in the last three episodes. You swim through the bland, the... Oh, not even know, bland. Un the it's uninspiring like, and the it's below bad. average. And you find the sweet steaming pile of crap. Oh, and I, again, that's part... And again, that's why I recommend it, right? Because it stuck with me. It's offensively bad. Don't go watch the show for any... Don't, like, if you go into the show, expect it to be bad. But I loved it because it's so bad. It's, like, holy shit. <laughs> it's the difference between, like, watching, like, one of those infamous movies, uh, like, It's So Bad It's Good, and watching, like, the fourth Michael Bay Transformers movie. Oh, yeah. Like, like it, that's bad, but it's like, you'll just go, like, yep, this is exactly what a bad movie would feel like. Yeah, like, there's nothing exceptional on it, right? Like, you watch The Room, and you can tell there's effort put in there. You can tell, like, people tried for this, but it's yeah. still horrible. You watch Michael Bay Transformers, and it's like, it's nice. You, you'd probably be entertained it by it. Good it's good bad, but yeah. it's, like, not offensively bad. Uh, so how about we talk about something that is hot of a conversation in... Japanese market. Mm -hmm. Overcrowding of modern Japanese and manga and anime of isekai. So the claim is that isekai, it holds so much sort of of the reading share, as I would describe it, uh, of the anime and manga uh, market now. What do you feel about these claims? These are things that people say. I... I personally would believe it. I think 
there is a lot of isekai around right now, right? So mm-hmm. much of it. I think this this season of anime releases alone, there's like or there's a little bit less. Excuse me. There's a little bit less this season. I think there's only two, maybe three this season that release that's releasing. I and think, one, and one of them is Mashoku. <laughs> and yes, one of them is Mashoku. So one of them is you know a second season. Yeah. Last season, last season releases for anime. I think there were four or five, maybe more. Right. Uh, and, and and how many of those are like worth your time (laughs) you know yeah i mean that's another like that's you know i I spoke about it a little bit earlier right in so much as there is a lot of isekai that's released and a lot of it is fairly bland i can like i think i have a list here of around 30 or more that i've watched i've watched a lot of bland isekai (laughs) again i enjoy the fantasy genre won't lie and I, I want to know, right, when people say, no, nah, this is bad, don't watch it. I have to know. I'm one of those people, I'm going to dip my toes in the water. I got to find out at the very least, like, is it terrible? No, it's just not great, right? There's just, it's, you're going to sit down, you're going to watch it. You'll probably have a little bit of fun with it. But at the end of the day, you're not going, like, you're going to walk away from it after you're done. And you're going to probably have forgotten just about everything from it. You know, um last season i watched uh i believe not last season but i recently watched um oh no last season reborn to master the blade from hero king to extraordinary squire that's a name that was a i believe that was last season and it was okay but if you ask me to tell you anything about that show i can't tell you anything but i had fun with it the only thing i can tell you from that show is that the main character is goku sexual she loves (laughs) to fight that's it that's all i can tell you that's all I remember from it. And it, it, that's, that's, in my opinion, whether it's true or not, I think the anime industry in a general sense, if we can kind of go to general discussion for just a mm-hmm. moment, is, is going to reach, if they've not already reached, a potential problem, maybe, in that there's a lot of stuff that's being produced and a lot of it is meh at best it's mediocre at best that it's entertaining time fellas yeah it's yeah it's not like classically bad stuff it's not all this is bad the story's bad writing bad animation bad it's this is a thing and it's a to fill time i would compare it to your you know from a Western standpoint to like your live action audience, stu- like, you know, like your live studio audience shows, right? Stuff like that. You know, your general tent to yeah, comedy yeah. slash drama shows over here. Yeah, that there's sitcom, so many of them. Yeah. yeah, sitcom stuff. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, your general sitcoms, right? Like there's so many of those being released and majority of them, not that great, but they're not terrible. Every How I Met Your Mother, Friends or Seinfeld. They're like six you can name off that had one season and left. <laughs> yeah, like you can name, you know, yeah, like, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I would compare it to. And I guess, you know, over here, that's not a problem, but we have, you know, many, there are many other live action shows that are, you can get a hold of and watch that there's not, you know, a ton of them released every season or every, you know, um, However, we do our show stuff over here, I forget. But there's at least one or two that you can watch that are these are your high prestige shows, right? 
I, you know, I know they have other types of programming over in the East or in Japan specifically, but for at least looking at anime, yeah, I, I would say it's a potentially a problem. And I, I don't know when it'll become a major problem for them, but at the very least from my perspective, I think it'll be a problem eventually at some point where it is overcrowded and they are releasing too many and maybe it's worth looking at pulling back. And also, just from my understanding, is it's very, as a market, it's closed a lot, right? In terms of the amount of studios. Say again? Uh, it's a very closed market. Hmm. So in terms of studios who are actually getting these, you know, there are only so many studios and so many ones who are able to make these anime. No, that's fair. That's true. You know, we when we, you know, for example, in terms of production companies, not like uh, people who air them, but companies who make stuff, there are quite a few in the West. Whereas anime is a lot more difficult. <laughs> I mean, look at some of the... And also overworking, you know, overworking, yeah. which is something <laughs> that is in Japanese culture in general. Mm -hmm. And especially in the manga and anime uh, area i would also say like it's a unique position to be in as well right where that you don't anime from other eastern countries hasn't made its way over here as much there are korean anime you can watch there's chinese anime you can watch and they're starting to get better there's still some rockiness here or there with some of that but we're starting to see some of that stuff getting better but it's just not getting translated as much and brought over here as much so, you know, from our perspective, anime generally tends to only come from Japan, right? Whereas you see live action shows, you can get some like high quality prestige type shows from the UK, from, you know, Korea. Yeah, Korea. You can <laughs> some get of some those stuff Korean from... shows, man, they hit, they hit the yep. right spot. <laughs> they hit well. Yeah, some of them. And, and you can see stuff from, like from many different countries within the EU in general, as well as, you know, you have Canada, you have the US, you have, you know, some stuff from South America as well. You can see that prestige shows. Yeah, it's, it's funny to think that anime is like 98% of, or like even like 99% of all anime we see is out of one country. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a question of will anime style you know, we've seen it in Western stuff. You know, there are obviously a lot of uh, newer projects that are made by people who are inspired by anime. I mean, The Outhouse is a perfect example for this particular episode. Yeah. Uh, and we're all fans of Ruby, which mm -hmm. is Japanese-inspired hell, anime-inspired. So, I mean... Ruby's a definite, like, one of those things that stands out as a unique thing, right, that Rooster Teeth has on their hands in so much mm -hmm. as it is an anime, literally. I mean, I know yes. people will get uppity when I say that, but it is an anime made by the West that is that has become popular in Japan as well, right, that has gained popularity throughout the world, even in Japan, competing against other anime, the place of anime. <laughs> and you know, like it sets in a very unique and interesting position for that reason. I don't even think 
Avatar The Last Airbender managed to achieve that. Right? <laughs> it's amazing to see how that project managed to get popular over there with so many other, you know, things that are really popular over here just don't reach Japan. But somehow Ruby translated. It's because it's inspired by the animes of, that these people watched when they were younger. Uh, the creators and went on to their make. Uh, which does beg the question, when's our, you know, when are we getting our, you know, animated Western isekai, you know, full on isekai mode? I want to see Trakun coming down a highway, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I think one, you'll see that in live action before you see it in animated form over here, right? Hmm. Which I'm all for that live action. Give me a live action. <laughs> Oh, good Lord. Give me a live... Netflix, you can do it. I believe in you. Give me a live action Jobless Reincarnation or Mushiko Tensei. Do it. <laughs> Give it to me. I want to see it. A lot of scenes would be illegal. <laughs> it feels like... Probably. But Netflix, I believe in you. You're willing to take on anything still, right? Just about. I know you've canceled a lot, but you know you have some open space now. And you've been doing a lot of live action stuff. I've seen that live action One Piece shit. <sighs> me, man, <laughs> me. So, <laughs> do you, do you think that the Isekai train is is it like as we would describe in Western trends, are uh, sort of like uh, how zombies became popular in Western media for a period of time. How superheroes dominated, it seems like they're finally falling off a little bit and we're not dominated by superhero culture anymore. <laughs> Do you think that's what we're dealing with with Isekai? Or is it just. Is it studio know. pushed? Been... Is it audience demand from what you can tell? It's been popular for a long time now, right? At least it feels that way. Maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like it's been popular for many years now. But I think. Over in Japan, I believe it's been popular since forever. I think one of the first isekais, like, they, they have, I think, some of their culture, right? Some of their own history. and Yeah, it's uh, the idea of isekai is based on uh, a historical fable. Yeah, it's Urashima Taro, I believe mm -hmm. is the name of it. It's, you know, one of their fairy tales is basically an isekai, right? I forget the name of the isekai that first came out and modernized it all, but that's the one that kind of started it. And it's always been around a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, speaking of that, though, it, it's worth noting, right? Portal Fantasy over here is more popular than what I think people give it credit for. Like, yeah, when you look up Portal Fantasy as a genre and what all constitutes Portal Fantasy over here in the West, there's not a lot. But I think the difference is, is that Portal Fantasy over here is more often than not used as a, hey, we're going to do this kind of one-off episode or we're going to do this one-off movie yeah. out of a series. Like, you know, oh, um, Ash, uh, yeah, Evil Dead, I think it is, right? And mm -hmm. Ash versus the Army of Darkness. That's, that's Portal Fantasy, right? But that's just one movie out of a series of movies. And then you have many, many animated shows over here where they do one episode of like, hey, here's our Portal Fantasy episode where our characters 
do this or that, and this is kind of our like, hey, kids, escapism is okay, but too much escapism can be a bad thing show, you know, to teach the kids a lesson about escapism. Because how many times do we see people get stuck in a TV or something, a TV land and a video game? Right, like, I think that's also like a cultural thing too, because escapism over here generally tends to get seen as a bad thing, right? Like you want, like, it's always a thing of you're going to want to come back to the real world eventually at some point because the real world's not all that bad. It's, you know, yeah, sure, it has its problems, but it's not all that bad. And maybe it's, maybe you're the problem, right? It's always the lesson that gets teached over here for when it comes to escapism, that it's okay, but too much is a problem and you need to come back. And yeah, that, you know, again, not a bad moral. That's not exactly a wrong thing to teach, but in a sense, right, there's some issues there. But anyways, another discussion. Whereas Isekai, it's all about the escapism, right? It's all about the power fantasy. It's all about, you know, getting heavy into it. And so I would argue Portal Fantasy is just as popular as Isekai already is. And that both of these things have always been in you know and around and they just get used a lot it's just over here portal fantasy has not been turned into a thing of like oh we have a ton of shows based off of this right that this is the focus right whereas Mm -hmm. isekai that's all it is like this is the focus is the you know coming from another world or at least like that's the first premise I would say, you know, we're getting to a point now where Isekai is starting to more and more drift to we're going to vaguely mention that it's an Isekai at some point in the show, but that's not really the focus at so all. So, like, in, in terms of that, how many Isekai have you seen that you thought this could just be a fantasy anime? Ooh. Like, is there, like, a sizable number? Um, Because I've also heard sort of the claim that People just sort of slap the isekai, you know, sticker on it. And no, go, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd agree. Like out of everything I've seen, yeah, that I would say it's a pretty sizable. It's like one that came out this season that I think a lot of people really enjoyed, and that I personally really enjoyed as well, and that I highly recommend. Magirivo or the magical revolution, the magical revolution of the reincarnated princess and the genius young lady. <laughs> oh, anime names. This is one that. It's briefly mentioned. Like, other than the title, it's briefly mentioned that she's from another world. And you can kind of get it from subcontext. Like, they're not subtle about it. She's making things, you know, using magic that's, you know, really advanced. It's like, okay, I see you show. And then she briefly mentions it to another character very late into the show. And it's like, okay, as an audience viewer, yeah, I'm not surprised by that at all. But okay. I don't think we needed her to be from another world or from Japan, you know, modern day, modern day Japan, but okay, I get it. I guess like, you know, I'm not surprised, but yeah, you don't need this. And that's not the only show, right? There's so many, so many shows. Um, Land of Liddell, uh, you know, strong, the strongest sage with the weakest crest or another one that I think is fairly popular. Uh, the greatest demon lord is reborn as a typical nobody. Like these shows don't really need the isekai plotline to a degree. And I mean, some of those that I've mentioned, you could probably argue aren't necessarily isekai, where they fall into a subgenre, right? Mm-hmm. 
which is fine, but I don't like, yeah, I, I 100% agree with most people when they say, yeah, this doesn't need, this is just slapped on. You don't need this. It doesn't need to be here. You could do without it. You could just build this as a general fantasy show and it'd be perfectly fine. Have an actual unique main character who isn't modern Japanese person thrown into awkward situation. No, I mean, the problem is, is I think they're wising up to this and starting to do this a lot, but because th there are many anime that I've watched recently that this feels like an isekai, but just sans the isekai part because everything feels the same. Um, there was one a while back that I watched, uh, Monster Tamer, not Monster Tamer, it's, um, Beast Tamer, that's it. Like, very generic anime, remember practically nothing from it, but I do remember at the very least that, like, this feels like one of the isekai, but it's not an isekai at all. Mm. And there's a lot that are like that, you know. So I, I think it, even still, even if, they are, even if they are slapping the isekai label onto way too many things, I think the problem is a little bit more than that. It's a little bit deeper than that, right? Sure. I mean, that's more about just storytelling and what they make it in general. <laughs> mm -hmm. But anyway, I think uh, we've had a good, good show here. Uh, wouldn't you guys agree? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ian, anything in the mailbag? Uh, we do not have any new mail this week. Uh, we love hearing from our audience, the few of you who have reached out to us. Um, so please, if there's anything that you want us to talk about on the show, um, or if you just want to say hi, send us an email. Uh, our address is fanfictapes at gmail.com. Uh, you can also reach out to us on Twitter. Hey, the site formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> I refuse to call it X. Yeah, I won't call it that. I'll just call it the site formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So on the site formerly known as Twitter, our handle is at the fan fiction tapes. Uh, our usual host, Maya, runs that account. Uh, and she'll post about new episodes and other stuff. Uh, we would also appreciate it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to this show. All right, we've hit our word count for the day. Uh, thank you for listening. I've been Dylan, and with me I've had... Wolf. And Ian. Until next time, bye. <laughs>